1: Summer Breakfast with Sam Edmund and Simon O'Donnell. Yes, it is. Great to have your company as well here at SEN HQ, where it's just gone uh, past 8 o'clock Eastern time on this 11th day of December. BP's going to join us shortly, SEN uh, tennis man at large as well, given the Australian Open one of the biggest events that Australia hosts. Scoob is uh, about a month away now, but we are just a matter of days away from the first test of the Aussie summer. Always a magnificent occasion. There's an air of anticipation around it, of course. Pakistan are in the country and they've got the Aussies in the West Test this coming Thursday in Perth, where this man will be right behind the microphone where he belongs as part of SEN's Test Cricket team. Adam Collins, welcome back to SEN.
0: Good morning, Sam. Hi, Simon.
1: Great to have you on, mate. We appreciate it as we continue our countdown of the first test. And uh, Andrew McDonald spoke yesterday and He was guarded on, I guess, uh, what decisions need to be made tomorrow, but he was happy to give away a little bit today. And one of those was the, the confirmation that Mitch Marsh, no great shock, but will play his first home test in, well, a long time. Some five years batting at six. So Cam Green misses out for now.
0: I quite like this from McDonald yesterday. Just getting ahead of it when it comes to any selection speculation ahead of the first test match. I know it's good for us as journos and all the rest of it, having stories to write and stuff to talk about from... A team balance perspective, though, just knowing that Mitch Marsh will have that spot at number six as the incumbent, and fair enough, the way he played in England, he deserves to keep that spot for the home summer. It does mean that Cameron Green, who they've invested a lot of time and resources into, will sit on the bench initially, but he's got time on his side. And as for the fast bowlers, you know, mm. against with the one that brung you, um, come and star they've been the big three for over six or seven years now, and Lance Morris will have to wait his turn, too, despite the fact that there's been a big push over in WA to get him in the test side, to get him a cap. But they're not going to give away beggy Greens. Donald was quite interesting yesterday, saying that um, every test match now has the added context of being a World Test Championship match. And given Australia lost points and lost skin uh, due to their overrate in England, they've basically got to win every test this summer to make the most of their position and ensure they have every chance of making... That World Test Championship final in a year and a half from now. It sounds like an early, uh, the early crow on that particular point. But um, you, you've got to you've got to absolutely cash in when you're playing teams like Pakistan and the West Indies at home.
1: Adam, I, I thought it was good to see that bit of comment on the on the fast bowlers and a couple of comments from the fast bowlers saying, hey, not time for us to be rested or um, mm-hmm. hand over the reins and give away a, a baggy green just for uh, for the sake of it. Uh, we're here to stay and we'll go when uh, the time's good and ready.
0: Well, that's it, right? So they're not young. I mean, Mitchell Stark's 30 this summer I think I'm right in saying Uh, and of course Hazelwood's only a couple of years younger than him and and Cummins the youngest of the trio but as captain that'll take extra wear and tear. Mm -hmm. The thing Cummins has always been pretty clear about by the way is that he'll eventually become a member of the ranks again. He doesn't plan to be captain for six years or something like that. He'll do the job for a prescribed amount of time he hasn't said how long but a, a period of time and then he'll be a senior pro in the 11 in all probability, provided his body's still right. With that in mind, I mean, these guys want to play as much cricket together now as they can. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Since Cummins came back to the test side uh, in the March of 2017, he's barely missed a test match, notwithstanding mm. a couple that he's missed in Adelaide in the last two years. He's been a permanent fixture of the side. His body's been so resilient. And with Hazelwood, you've got to play when he's fit. Uh, the problem with Hazelwood uh, over the last two summers is that he's barely got a sniff at test level. So... He'll be champing at the bit to play at home uh, and Stark over the, or the way he's bowled uh, at test level in the last three years. He, he remains one of the first names on the team sheet. So there's no variability there, uh, and nor should there be.
1: But, Collor, I'll play devil's advocate. Do we not need to give Lance a look at it sooner rather than later? I mean, is there any need for any sort of succession planning here? I mean, do we need to at least do some sort of planning for the future while acknowledging that those, those three, that trio, are the incumbents? Do we not need to give him a little look?
0: It's a fair counterpoint, uh, but I mean, what does he having a little look feel like? Is it being around the squad as he was last summer and again this year? Playing. Remembering he's had his, he's had his own injury problems yeah. um, through the last 12 months. So there, there is a degree of management there. Of course, he's had his workload managed by Cricket Australia, which we heard in another Mitchell Johnson column a few weeks ago, who he seems to be setting the agenda on a number of fronts at the moment. Um, but yeah, there, I think that, that that's a fair uh, perspective, but. I think right now they're they're so focused on winning all five test matches this summer. They want to leave absolutely nothing for chance. And the other side of this is that they might get two or three test matches into the summer and feel like someone needs a rest then. But at the moment, with Mm. all three of them uh, having had enough rest since the World Cup final and built their loads up at training, which is the the thing they do, right? They get up to a certain level where they feel like they can get through a test match. They, They don't see any real reason to mess with that at the moment. When I say the name Alex Carey, what do you think, Adam? Well, uh, he strummed a beautiful 80-odd uh, last week in the Shield. I think most people, would it be reasonable to say that he, he's the forgotten man of Australian cricket at the moment? Like, just the way that he um, found himself out of the World Cup 11 after one game, wearing the, the high-vis vest throughout the rest of the World Cup, there was never any real chance of him getting back in that side. But he is the incumbent test wicketkeeper. And the way the schedule works with the World Cup uh, and the Test Series not having a huge amount of time between them, uh, and him not being part of the um, limited oversight in in, in, uh, in India, the T20 squad, that is. Um, he's had a chance to play our Shield game, which I think is really important, playing that game uh, against the Vicks, I think it was, a couple of weeks ago. So at least he's got some cricket in him. Uh, but, yeah, an interesting summer, because he'll now be viewing himself as someone who is at the peak of his career, yet not in all three formats of the Australian side. So... Uh, we know the way that playing well in one format can inform the selection choices in the other. So um, the challenge is over to Alex Carey, and it might be at a good time in his career uh, that he has to go out and make a bunch of runs this season.
1: Pakistan, we want them to bring their A game to the table. When they do, they're competitive with anywhere any any side in the world at any time. What are they going to bring to the
0: table here, do you think? Yeah, the, the sort of tragic history of Pakistan in Australia, isn't it? Like They've won four test matches here, the most recent of which being uh, back in October 1995 when the world was a very, very different place and they've been thoroughly outmatched uh, in the last couple of tours when they've been here and not enjoyed much like either. Um, you're right, they're going to have to have a lot go right for them. Um, Barbara Azam, who remain, remains their standard bearer, on his day he's one of the, remains one of the, um, the top handful of players in the world. So a lot hinges on him. I'm a big fan of Shah Massoud, who's the, the new captain of Pakistan. He's got a, um, a, a modest test record. He had one really good year in 2020 which was the lockdown year, he made a fabulous 100 at Manchester against England, against Anderson and Broad on the movie ball, which shows he's got the technique um, to make it count uh, against bowlers like Stark and Hazelwood and Cummins. Um, but uh, yes, a lot's going to need to go right. Shah Massoud's an interesting character as well. He didn't spend all of his uh, childhood in Pakistan. He spent a lot of his um, formative years at school in England. He used to run laps of lords as a kid growing up, wishing he would play there. Um, and he's enjoyed that kind of experience as a county pro. He captains Yorkshire in the championship. So um, a worldly cricketer, uh, a smart guy. He'll be a good leader for that team. But what they're missing, in addition to Shaheen Sharafridi and Muhammad Wazim Jr., is another genuinely fast option and all the controversy around Harris Ralph, who is the quickest of the lot at the moment for Pakistan, um, being invited to play on this tour and, and saying no to the selectors, which hasn't gone over too well in Pakistan. And poor old Naseem Shah, who we saw make his test debut as a 16-year-old in Australia at the Gabba back in 2019. He has that ongoing shoulder problem, and he's the coming star of Pakistan fast bowling. So they're not at their best. So those who are here are going to have to perform so well to be competitive, I fear.
1: We're counting down to the first test with Adam Collins for Halal Home Loans. Is your money, Halal? You can get Halal Home Loans Investments Superannuation with Hejaz Financial Services. And, Colo, you've got a a sellout. You're hosting one at the Corner Hotel tonight, a sit-down, a live sit-down with uh, none other than the big show, Glenn Maxwell, for the final word podcast. Now, do tell.
0: An audience with Glenn Maxwell. Yeah, it's quite cool. Uh, yeah, playing the Corner Hotel when we started doing this <laughs> podcast. Uh, whenever we did, we didn't expect we'd be selling that out. But yeah, it's nice. It's nice that it's played out the way that it has. And Maxie's always been a great supporter of ours and us of him. So uh, he's coming down. His whole family's coming down as well. So it'll be a lovely night. And, uh um, and for our audience, uh, getting to hear from the man himself about what he did in India, oh, uh, it'll yeah. be a special night as well. It'll be awesome.
1: And is it going to be a warts and all, Adam? Are you going to tiptoe into areas that might just just be a little bit sensitive there, as uh, one would have been leaving the golf course over there in India?
0: Have you ever known Glenn not to tiptoe into those areas himself <laughs> without any prompting? No, yes. he, 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 I'm, I'm sure he will. He will. He will be, have, a, have an idea of what he's going to say about those matters, and yeah. um, you know yeah. we'll ask the questions, but uh, um, but it'll be all in great spirits.
1: Like it. Um, Now I better get your take on the BBL situation of last night, which has consumed a lot of our time on air this morning. Uh, The abandonment of that game with the wickets was enough done in your mind and what you saw of it to prevent this? Or do we simply continue to, I guess, uh, shrug our shoulders in situations like this and say, well, these things happen from time to time and it's just bad luck.
0: I just had a bit of it on the telly and watched the highlights afterwards once I realised what had happened. Um, Look, the fact that they played 6.5 overs means they had a real go, and I appreciate that. Um, you know, um, when it's wet and it's sustained wet weather, it is challenging to get a pitch up. Mm-hmm. We saw what happened at Manuka over the weekend with rain getting under the covers, which sounds like amateur hour, but um, is <laughs> it sometimes happens even at the best of times. We saw at the Wacker in 2017 during an Ashes Test match something similar happened with a hole in the covers, and it's quite a relatable experience back to club cricket, I suppose, with all of that said. Um, But, yeah, look, it's unfortunate for the BBL that they've started with a a heavy uh, one-sided match on opening night. Um, Two games that have been abandoned and just one close one. This was not what the BBL needed at the start of the season. They needed some momentum ahead of the first test match. Uh, And, look, at the end of the day, you need to be trusting in the umpires and the match officials about the safety of the pitch. I think De DeCock's body language, as wicketkeeper, told the whole story there. Balls going through the surface. Um, it's okay on a Saturday afternoon playing third 11, right? You can get away with that. You can manage around it, but not when guys are bowling 90 mile an hour. Um, so um, I understand why the decision was made. Uh, and I feel for Geelong, they did a great job hosting the T20 World Cup last year. We were down there for ECN, our, our World Cup coverage, and they were a brilliant World Cup venue. Uh, down at Cadenia Park. And uh, to think that they'll now be um, remembered in part for what's happened last night, I think it's a bit of a shame because I think they've got a a great future ahead of them hosting domestic and international cricket at Geelong. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Not a huge amount anyone could do, though. I I don't know whether you can kind of apportion blame to one party or another. Um, um, There's going to be an investigation. We saw a statement from Cricket Australia last night. But, yeah, I, I don't know what they expect to dredge up out of that.
1: Colo, always great to chat, mate. Uh, Enjoy tonight. I'm sure it'll be a big hit. And then safe travel over to to Perth, and we'll be listening uh, with much interest come Thursday when the first test starts against Pakistan. Enjoy.
0: Cheers, fellas. Can't wait to get over
1: there. There he is, Adam Collins uh, for Halal Home Loans Investments and Superannuation with Hijaz. A lot of text coming through, some breaking news as well in the golf world, Scoob. Jason Day, Lydia Ko, they won that inaugural Grant Thornton Invitational. So they've done that together. They are the champions over there uh, in Florida. Uh, We need to get to this man, though.